0: Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. Refuge, how are you today? I am super excited to be here. I know that I'm not Brenton, but um, I hope he knows how much he has missed today. Uh, Just a couple of quick things before I start with the word. Um, For those of you who might be watching online, we did have a little glitch, technical difficulty, for a moment, one of our cameras stopped working. Um, But if it is not up and running, hopefully you can catch the recording later. Um, And then I also wanted to just mention, today is a very special day. You might look around and you might notice that there are not as many people here today as on a normal Sunday. And um, I, I, I just want you to know that it's because we've sent some people to a very special place today. We have been honored to be a part of helping to plant a church in Los Angeles, uh, just a couple blocks away from the Capitol Records building. It is at a former nightclub, and it is now the Heart LA. Pastor Randall and David Arujo are launching today, and they are having their first opening service, and we could not be more excited, and so my husband is actually there today. One of my sons is there today, and um, he. at first he was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there to see you preach, and I'm like, I'll just give you the, the cliff notes when you get home, but I'm so excited that they get to be there to celebrate, so as we are uh, praying for Brenton this week, let's also remember Randall and David as, in prayer as they are launching out today, and it's so exciting. Uh, their service started about an hour ago, so they're probably closing up right now. But we're going to see if we can get a recording of their service and post it on our social media later today. So those of you who stayed here at Refuge today, you guys will still get a chance to check that out. But we're so excited for them. Um, Let me uh, go ahead and open in a word of prayer. And while I'm doing that, if you would like, you can go ahead and turn to James chapter 3. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your presence here today. I am so grateful that you have given me the honor of bringing this word to you, uh, to your people today, Lord God. I just pray, Lord, that you will use me in a way that encourages those who are listening or who are watching today. I pray, Lord God, that this word will hit exactly the mark where it is supposed to hit today. We give you all honor and praise, and we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are in James chapter 3 today, um, and the reason why we are in this particular passage is because we actually follow what's called the lectionary. And uh, if you're not familiar with the lectionary, uh, we'll put the four scriptures for the week up on the screen today, and there's actually, uh, there's four scriptures that we kind of read through. This is something that churches all around the world have been doing for hundreds of years following this uh, lectionary schedule. Um, It's kind of a liturgical calendar. And so right now we're in a time that's called ordinary time, and pretty soon, in uh, just a maybe a m- another month or so, we're going to start picking up on Advent, where we start counting down to the birth of Christ, and then we celebrate his birth during the Christmas season, and uh, and then we go through his life and his teachings until his death and resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit during Pentecost and then ascension, and then we pick back up again in ordinary time. And so right now we're in ordinary time, and we have a, uh, a proverb, we have a psalm We have a New Testament passage in the Gospels, and then we have a New Testament passage this morning we are in James. And I don't know if you'll, if you notice a theme across all of these passages, but there's kind of a theme of communicating. Um, In Proverbs, it's wisdom is shouting in the streets. In Psalms, the heavens are proclaiming the glory of God in mark peter is declaring in some in some translations it says confessing the identity of jesus who jesus is as the messiah and in james though it hits us what comes out of our mouths what happens when we open our mouths. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so I just want to read this passage to you. And uh, if you have your Bible, I am reading out of the message this morning, because I love the flow of these words. And and in a message we are talking about communicating ideas, I just felt that this really helped to put it across. And so if you don't have a message version with you today, we'll have it on the screen, or you can uh, open it up in whatever Bible app on your phone is easiest. But I'm going to be reading it here. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. It says, don't be any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder in a huge ship, in a, on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, and send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer, With our tongues, we bless God, our Father. And with the same tongues, we curse the very men and women we made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? These words hit me right here. And words have power. And and I just wanna show you a a couple of examples and uh, we'll put them up on the screen one at a time, but what do you think of when you read or hear this? I have a dream. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr inspired a nation. When I read his speech, when I listen to the words, I get chills to this day. What about this one? Make America great again. In some of us, that may inspire excitement. In some of us, it may inspire anger, hurt. Did you know Though, I did not know this until recently, Donald Trump has made these words famous, but he's not the first president to use them. In fact, in 1992, Bill Clinton used this as a part of his campaign slogan, completely opposite side of the aisle. In 1980, Ronald Reagan used this as a part of his campaign. And it goes all the way back to the 40s. This has been used by multiple presidents in hopes of leading a nation to change, whatever change they felt was necessary. What about this one? In spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. Anne Frank, a beautiful young girl, brutally killed during the Holocaust hidden away for years, unable to live a normal childhood. You want to talk about quarantine. You want to talk about social distancing. And yet, she says these words, in spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. That was 1944. The horrors this world has seen since then, and yet she inspires hope. What about this one? Are you ready? Okay, let's roll. 20 years ago, yesterday, Todd Beamer said these words and inspired a few brave men on an airplane to take down hijackers who were attempting to crash the plane into a large, we are assuming maybe the White House or the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., a large area hoping to cause mass casualties like at the World Trade Center and at the Pentagon. And he would have none of it. He knew that he would die, either way. But he inspired men to jump in and cause action and make their deaths save potentially thousands of other lives. We just, let's roll. Those were his last recorded words. Many people have said words over the years that have inspired, that have incited hate, fear, that have expressed love, that have made us laugh, that have made us cry, that has changed nations, that has changed the hearts of men and women. In fact, I'm holding a book full of words that changed the world. Yesterday, my family and I went to see Hamilton at the Pantages, and it was truly a magical experience. we I've only seen it once. I saw it once on Disney+. Plus. How many of you guys saw it when it came out last year, July 4th, right? Watched it on Disney+, Plus, and I said, okay, I'm not going to watch this again or listen to the music again until I get to see it on stage. And yesterday, we finally got to do that. And I was reminded by all of the words that Hamilton did to change the course of of a little baby nation. How many essays he wrote, all of the things that he put down on paper that we still read today, that still challenge us today. And I'm reminded of the words that Lynn manuel Miranda wrote in this play for Aaron Burr to say something that's really catchy, something along the lines, and I'm probably gonna butcher it because I'm not a Broadway star, but he says, talk less, smile more, Don't let them know what you stand for. He chose to withhold words in order to gain a place in society for himself or for whatever. Whereas Hamilton chose to put it all out there on the line whether people loved him or hated him. He had to let people know what he had to say. Our words matter. Our words are so, they're tools. They can build or they can destroy. I didn't put it up on the screen, but one of my favorite quotes is by our friend Joy. A phrase she says often in both her writings and in person, that our words matter. What we say matters. It makes a difference. How we say things can change something for the better or for the worse. And these words that James has written here, he is is challenging us to have this as an understanding. I find encouragement in his words that we're never gonna get it perfect. I I have to say, I know the taste of my own foot well. I am constantly flubbing over lines, flubbing over words, trying to encourage others and accidentally making them feel worse and then I feel worse and then I go home and think, why did I say that? Saying things out of anger because I was so frustrated in the moment, and it felt good to say those words. It felt good to see that person's face fall because I had pierced their heart, only later to have regrets and wish that I had never let my emotions take control like that. Something so tiny as this muscle in our mouths can cause such damage. And we may never have a quotable moment that Hundreds or thousands of years, somebody's going to be standing on a stage with your name up on the screen saying, these words inspired me, or these words cause riots. But our words make a difference in the lives of those that are around us every day. Every day. How many times have you looked at somebody and said, I love you? How many times have you wished you did because you didn't know it was the last time you were going to see them. Our words really do matter. And I, I love what it says in here that it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Living in California, we're very familiar with forest fires. How many times a year do we drive through and we see signs, do not, you can't have campfires right now, we're, we're in a dry season. You you see people out there, you know, some cities sell fireworks, other cities have them banned because a small spark can cause massive damage. And it's the same way with a careless or wrongly placed word out of our mouths. We have to be so careful with what we say. Thank God there's grace for when we don't say it right. But we have to be so careful with what we say. And honestly... I love how um, in Luke, it actually words this a little bit differently. Luke 6, 43 through 45 says, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. Grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Our words are, you know, they say the eyes are a window to the soul, but I think more revealing are the words that come out of our mouths. Because we think, oh, we can just follow up that comment with, I was just kidding, or I was just joking. I didn't mean it. But really, it gives us a window into the condition of our heart. And unfortunately, many times, the words we say or the words we hear other people say are parroted from the words that they have received in their own lives. I was looking up a a story that I had seen about Ikea, and they had put out this this uh, anti-bullying campaign and it was really interesting because they took two plants from their store and they put them in these acrylic boxes side by side and they had elementary school students come up and record themselves either hurling insults towards this plant or complimenting this plant and in one box they had one plant listen to nothing but insults for 30 days And in another box, they had another plant listening to nothing but compliments for 30 days. And you can see on the screen, the results were crazy. Now, they claimed that they had done the same amount of food, the same amount of water. They they gave the same amount of physical care to these plants. And the only difference were the words that were in the environment around them. And yet, if you can see the difference, one plant looks like it's flourishing, it looks like a normal plant, but one plant does not. It looks sickly, sad, depressed. It's been bullied for a whole month, this poor plant. And it really is a good reminder of the power of our words. It causes damage or it can build up. But it comes out of your heart. What is in your heart? If you have hatred in your heart, your speech is going to come out full of hatred. And not just the words that you say, but how you say them. Your, your tone will convey something that your words may not be saying. You can say, oh, yeah, that was, that was great, but it doesn't really mean that was great. <laughs> you can say things like, oh, yeah, I wish I could do that, but not really mean it. I know I've said that so many times where I'm like, better you than me, (laughs) because I didn't really want to do that thing. I was really happy for them, but that wasn't something I wanted to do. Our tone conveys a lot more than the literal words that we say, but either way, what comes out of our mouths is a reflection of what is in our heart. I love how James says it at the end here. He says, you're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? How many of us, we're all going camping in a couple of weeks. We wouldn't go and dip our cup in the ocean and bring it up full of sand and expect to make our coffee with that. Just pour in one of those little Starbucks, like, you know, vias that, like, you just dissolve in it, right? No. No. You're not going to want to do that. You want, you're going to have to boil it clean. You have to make sure that you're using clean water as a source. And it's the same thing with our mouths. We have to make sure that our heart is right so that the words that are coming out of our mouth are speaking life into the people around us, not death, not destruction, but life. In the NLT, I'm going to go ahead and uh, invite the worship team to come on up. We're going to close with a song, but I wanted to just read this verse to you from the NLT in James. Just that last part. In the message, it says, you're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? But in the NLT, it says, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. And I love that phrase. Because how many times have we been salty? Something's got us upset. Something's got us bitter. There are so many times where before I can come up here and preach a message, I have to go before the Lord, and I have to clean out my heart. Maybe there was something that happened behind the scenes that week. There was something that happened either in my family or in school or on the news that just got me anxious frustrated what is in my heart is what will come out of my mouth and it's the same for each of us I want to encourage you this week to not be salty when you hear words like vaxxed or anti-vaxxed what does that do in your heart when you hear words about people groups when you hear words about politicians, when you hear words about teachers, about other students, about your neighbor, be careful what that does when you listen to those words because it can transform your heart and affect how you act, how you walk out in your community. But the good news is we have a Holy Spirit who wants to help clean out that mud hole, he wants to prune back the tree so that if we walk with Christ, we can produce Christ-like fruit in our lives. If we confess that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, if we have an understanding that the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, we will produce that fruit in our lives. Those are the life-giving words that will come out of our mouths. We need to till the soil, friends. We cannot continue to say things flippantly because it says elsewhere in the word that we will be held accountable for every flippant word that comes out of our mouth. I'm so grateful that we have a God that will help us till that hard soil. So let me pray over you. We're going to sing one last song. Lord, thank you so much for your encouragement. Lord, I know that there are times in my own life where I want to just let it fly. I get real angry at times. I get really frustrated at times. And sometimes, Lord, I want to even just say things because I feel like it's righteous anger. This is anger that you would agree with. But God, I know that my words mean something to those who are listening. And I pray that you will help me to clean out my heart, to produce good fruit. And I pray over all of us that we will follow after you, Lord God. Thank you for these words in James that are so challenging today, but yet somehow encouraging as well. I thank you, Lord God. we just enter in one last time to worship you this morning.
1: There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the same To the room where people pray when we hear praises he Sing his praise aloud, sing his praise aloud.
0: this song, and I so hope that we walk away today with awakened souls. And I want to leave you with these last couple of thoughts from another one of the lectionary passages. In Psalm 19, 12 through 14, it says, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sin. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you for joining us at Refuge today. May your words be sweet. May your week be blessed. We love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.